Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Earlier this week, we completed our 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting. And as I've been saying over the past couple of weeks during these podcasts, it has really been a blessing uh, to me and I'm sure to those of us who have participated uh, in the corporate prayer and fasting. And so if you're like me, I know, again, God has been revealing some things about us to ourselves, right? Um, and I'm sure that God has been reminding us of what he's been calling each of us to do individually as well as corporately. And so um, during the fast, if you're like me, again, I know that you can hear and that you heard God speaking very clearly, reminding us and reminding you and reminding me of the visions and the dreams and the goals and, and those things that he's placed inside of us to do. And, and we could just hear it so clearly, right? And family, ultimately, that is the purpose of prayer and fasting. It's, it's not so much that we can get God to do something for us or that we can manipulate God or cause God to move. Certainly, God can do whatever God decides to do. But the purpose of the fast really is for us to move closer to Him, for us to be in a place where we can really clearly hear what God is saying and what God is speaking to us. And so I just, I praise God for these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And now that we're on the other side, it really, really um, has been, been uh, just uh, tremendous. And so, and for many of us, I'm sure one of the side benefits have been that um, that we also were eating healthier, we're making healthier food choices. And as a result, most of us lost some weight during this time. And so I just pray that, um, you know, we continue because I know that when we started this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it seemed like it was a long way off and we didn't really realize or think, you know, how we were going to be able to make it through. But God is so great and so awesome. And I really do. And I'm sure like you, uh, like me, praise God for this awesome time of consecration. And so I began to ponder, you know, now that we're on the other side of this, what's next? Now that these 21 days of prayer have been completed, this 21 days of corporate fasting have been completed, what comes next? And so first, let me talk about some of the practical aspects of ending the Daniel fast, right? And so in other words, how do we safely transition back into our quote unquote typical diets? And I would say this as a reminder, it is imperative that we ease back into these typical diets. This is especially true um, when it comes to things like caffeine, sugar, the fatty foods, meats in particular, and certainly dairy products, small portions portions are wise. And it's also important for us to go slow, perhaps one or two foods per day to, again, get our bodies used to um, eating those things and taking in those things that we have um, been um, sh- staying away from for these past 21 days plus. And so um, for caffeinated beverages, we probably should drink a cup or a glass to see how our body reacts. And don't be surprised, family, if you get the jitters. You may want to consider, for those of you who drink the caffeinated drinks, the teas, the coffees, you may want to consider a decaf or an herbal tea. And I know, I realize it's almost criminal for those of you who are true coffee lovers, especially those of you who drink your coffee black. I don't know what you see in it, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but you just may want to, again, um, go slow and don't be surprised, family, if you feel tired after you start eating your typical foods. Again, remember your bodies, our bodies have been detoxing for 21 days for those of us who've been sticking to the Daniel fast where we've been eating fruits and vegetables and grains, right? And so again, 
it may scoff at the idea of digesting some of these other heavier, fattier, um, rich foods and, 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 and fats and, and, and caffeine or sugars. So just know that and continue, family, continue, continue, continue to drink lots of water, right? Um, and the, um, the average rule of thumb is whatever your weight is to drink a half, half of that in ounces. All right. And so, for example, let's say if you weigh 200 pounds, the, a, a, a general rule of thumb would be to drink 100 ounces of water. If you weighed 100 pounds, the general rule would be to drink 50 ounces of water and so forth and so on. You get the gist of it. But um, just again, family, I really want to encourage you to consider the lessons that you've learned and the good habits that you've adopted on the Daniel fast. Truly, I've made a commitment not to leave them behind. So don't leave them behind. Instead, let them become a part of your regular diet. Let them become, become a part of your regular life, your regular eating habits. And I know, again, I've decided to continue to make those healthy food choices. The first thing, just in full transparency, that I really had, that I really wanted when I broke the Daniel Fast or when we ended the Daniel Fast was the Zaxby's Zensation Salad. Yes, family. I had a salad um, the first day um, after the fast. That's really what I wanted. And again, again, trying to maintain that that healthier lifestyle. And so the other thing is um, uh, I had mentioned maybe in some other podcasts that I absolutely love the natural fruit juices. I love natural apple juice in any juice, any juice. Um, there isn't a juice that I don't love. Um, so, but one of the things that, um, I do know about this is that they're not the healthiest options, um, because of the sugar content. And what do I mean? So yes, even though they don't contain any added sugars, they still naturally contain sugar, which is not, um, the most healthy of choices. And so, while on the Daniel Fast, I've grown to appreciate water. I mean, truly, truly appreciate water. I add a little lemon or ginger or cucumber, something that makes it refreshing, something that gives it a little different taste, a little different twist. And again, it just becomes a delight to drink it. And it just is so refreshing and it's so um, just invigorating. And I'll continue to do that. Um, the other practice that we want to continue, right? I'm talking about the healthy eating. That's a practice. But the other practice and the even more important practice that we want to continue is to be a part of and, and we want to be a part of our regular life is that of intentionally praying and studying and spending time with the Lord, right? As much as we have improved our physical diets, we want to continue that improvement and then that healthy spiritual diet as well. And if you don't already do so, continue, uh, if you don't already um, do so, continue to consider having personal times of prayer and fasting. I know people who pray one day a week, they set aside one day a week to fast. They may do one week a month or whatever the case may be, whatever the Lord leads you and however the Lord leads you to do it, definitely do that so that again, we shouldn't be doing this only um, when there's a corporate call to fast and pray. And nor should we be doing this when we're facing some sort of pressing issue or some sort of life circumstances where we're seeking God to intervene and interact on our behalf. And let me pause for a moment to be very clear here. These are times that we should absolutely be seeking God. And it is appropriate in those situations to seek uh, uh, God and to have that personal time of consecration when we're facing those circumstances. My point is only this that those shouldn't be the only times 
that we fast and pray. Um, fasting and prayer should be a regular part of the Christian life. That should be a regular part of our Christian faith. And so again, this is a great segue into um, the spiritual realm of what happens after this time of fasting and prayer. What happens after this time of consecration? So now that the fast is over and we're expecting to see the glory of God and we're expecting to see miracles and signs and wonders. And some of us, we've seen God do miraculous things throughout this fast. I've heard testimonies and I've seen God do things in my life and share some things with me. I'm sure you have as well. But here's the other thing. It isn't going to be all roses um, right after the fast. So I'll just say, hold on a minute. One of the greatest examples that we've seen and one of the greatest examples that we can see that to what to expect after the fast happened to our Lord and Savior himself, Jesus Christ, after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and you can find this story, you can find this uh, recounting of this, of what happened in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And so, again, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And so after the fast, just like just he was fully human and fully God, so the fully human part of him was hungry. And you know the story, the Satan, the tempter came to him. And so he was tempted by the tempter, by the devil after fasting. And if the devil will come to the Lord God himself in the flesh and try to tempt him after a fasting and after a time of consecration, who are we as mere mortal men and women that the enemy won't come and try to tempt us? Do not expect that the devil will not come around you and try to tempt you. In fact, you should expect the opposite. You should expect to be tempted to be for the devil to come in and try to tempt you. And if you'll remember my podcast from last week, reacting versus responding, then the enemy came to me during the last week of the fast, the very tail end of the fast. And you know the story, you know, where he caused me um, to just really just act out of character for even if it was for a moment. But nonetheless, Less, several temptations were given to Jesus by the devil, and Jesus' response was this, as should our response be. Jesus responded with, it is written, right? That was his response. He did not react to the enemy, but he responded, it is is written in Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. And so that's what we should do. Our response should be one of releasing the word around you and me and always pulling down evil, every evil thought or word that comes against us with it is written, right? And so be very sensitive. The tempter can use any situation or circumstance against us. He can use anger. He can use lust, greed, pride, envy, or any other thing that may tempt this flesh, that may tempt us. But it is our responsibility right now that we've spent this time with the Lord, now that we have been in his word and we've been praying, it's our responsibility to be on watch and to be on guard always. And as we are making our flesh die daily, the Bible says that we should crucify our flesh against anything that will open us up to the devil. And above all, family, I pray and I ask that you would guard your hearts. And you know this, when the Bible speaks of hearts, he's not talking about this muscle in our chest that pumps blood to all of the organs and tissues in our, in our body. 
our heart is that source, right? That source of, um, of, of all temptation. The biblical definition of heart encompasses our minds. It encompasses our soul, our spirit, or our entire emotional nature and understanding. And so in essence, the heart is what makes us who we are. And so that's why it's critical that we guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 reads, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life, right? And so we've heard that very familiar text, but I love how the New King, uh, Living Trans, that was the New King James, but I love how the New Living Translation reads. The New Living Translation reads this way, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life, right? So this heart, that that place that houses our mind, our soul, our spirit, our emotional nature and our emotional understanding, we must guard it, family, especially now. And so we must guard it and keep it. And we guard our hearts by being careful uh, about what, uh, being careful about what we watch. We guard our hearts about being careful into what is re- as it relates to what we listen to and what we read and what activities or hobbies or extracurricular activities we engage in. We also guard our hearts family. Yep. By guarding who we associate with as well. It just becomes critical that again, we guard our heart so that God can continue to speak to us and speak through us and continue to do what God desires to do in our lives individually. And so finally, my brothers and my sisters, I pray that this for you, that we can be confident to know that the Lord has heard our prayers, that the Lord has heard our supplications, that the Lord during this time of consecration has been listening to us. How do we know? First Peter chapter three, verse 12 reads in the A clause, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. During this time, I have to read that again, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. You see, family, during this time of consecration, if you have seen the manifestation of God and what you've been praying for, praise God, praise God, praise God. But also, family, if you haven't seen the manifestation of what you've been praying for, guess what? Praise God, praise God, praise God and continue to trust in him, right? Because if you recall from one of my previous podcasts, and suddenly does not necessarily mean quickly. God's sense of timing and our sense of timing are different, right? And so whenever God releases that thing that we've been praying for, whenever God releases the blessing that we've been seeking, whenever God releases his favor over our lives, whenever that happens for us, it will be right on time. So just remember that we keep trusting, we keep holding, we keep our faith strong. We keep giving God praise. Even if we haven't seen the manifestation of what we're praying for, we know that in due season, God will come through and do what God has done. Why? Because God is faithful to do everything that he has promised for us in our lives. And so remember family, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle.